Welcome, and thank you for joining me for this last Wednesday Bible study of the year. Now, we are also at the end of the book of Exodus, so we're going to be looking at Exodus chapter 40. Now, this time we're going to slow down just a little bit more than what we have been. You know, these past few times we've typically been taking a few chapters at a time. We're going to slow down and just spend one whole class period on Exodus 40. Because at this time, what we see is the tabernacle, everything's been collected, everything's already been built, and now they are actually going to be like setting it up as it's supposed to be. And at the end of it, we're going to see the glory of the Lord fill the tabernacle. So let's dive in together. In Exodus chapter 40, beginning in verse 1 and going down through verse 11, this is what we read. Then the Lord spoke to Moses. On the first day of the first month, you were to set up the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. You were to place the ark of the testimony in it and shield the ark with a special curtain. You were to bring in the table and set out the things that belong on it. Then you were to bring in the lampstand and set it up, set up its lamps. You are to put the gold altar for incense in front of the ark of the testimony and put the curtain at the entrance to the tabernacle. You are to put the altar for the burnt offering in front of the entrance to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. You are to put the large basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it. You are to set up the courtyard around it and put the curtain at the edge of the courtyard and take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and all that is in it and sanctify it and all its furnishings, and it will be holy. Then you are to anoint the altar for the burnt offering with all its utensils. You are to sanctify the altar, and it will be the most holy altar. You must also anoint the large basin and its pedestal, and you are to sanctify it. Now, in this passage, uh, I, I guess I kind of could have told you this at the very beginning, but really this chapter is going to be a lot of me just, just reading this. I have a few comments to make along the way, and there's a few things for us to notice here. Now, I know that if you're kind of like me, I don't know, I, I tend to be this pretty visual person. And I've got this really neat Bible program that, you know, I can walk through the tabernacle and, and you know, it's a 3D model of it. And you can kind of walk your way through it like it's a video game and you can be able to see all these things. And that really helps me visualize it. And some of you who have, uh, you know, been with me in the church building before, I've taken you through some of those things. Um, now, I, I can't really do that here on this video, so, you know, if you want that experience, I guess you'll have to wait and, and come to whenever uh, we are gathered together again in the building and, and being able to, uh, to use that, that program and share those things with you. But, I mean, it's, it's kind of wonderful to, to be able to visualize this. And sometimes it can be a little difficult uh, if you don't have those visual represent representations for what this would look like, because this is a lot of details. And, you know, we see all these different items. Um, but we see that they're all put in their rightful place. God is the one who has given them all these instructions, exactly where things are supposed to go, how they're supposed to be built, and now they're setting it all up. I also want to point out one more thing, though, that I, I think is very important. Notice that they are to take this anointing oil. That picks up in verse 9 and goes on down through 11. That anointing oil, pretty much everything was anointed. Everything was set apart for God. Now, I'm going to make a connection here with Christ because I think there's a lot of things that we can see with this tabernacle, a lot of connections that we can make to Jesus Christ himself. For example, the name Jesus, that's his actual name, but we oftentimes call him Jesus Christ, don't we? Christ is what he was, what he is. It's the Messiah, the Christ. It also means, whenever you actually translate the word Messiah or Christ, it means the anointed one. 
So see, just like the 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 uh, tabernacle right here is anointed, and everything in it is anointed with this oil. Jesus Himself is the anointed one from God, and He is the one who who came into the world to be able to to make a way for not only us to be in the presence of God, but for us to be able to receive forgiveness of sins. And you see all these kind of images wrapped up here in the tabernacle. But all of them, what I see at least, is they all point toward Jesus Christ in one way or another. And they show us great things about who he is and who he was and the, the, the role that Jesus played whenever he was a human being here among us. Now, like I said, maybe some of you are a visual learner. And because of that, I want to show this slide just once again. This is the bird's eye view of what the tabernacle looked like. And, you know, as you go uh, on this slide from right to left and you go toward uh, the, the outer courts, through the outer courts, into the holy place, and then into the holy of holies. That's what they're setting up. They're setting up this whole location right here. The part that would have been actually covered would have been this purple and pink part. The uh, the kind of orangey brown part here on the screen. Uh, that would have been kind of surrounded with this curtain, but it wouldn't have been covered at the top. And this is where the, the people of Israel would get closer and closer to the presence of God. And then they also kind of camped around uh, all this, this this tabernacle. And we find out and we've been finding out that that the Lord, he revealed himself in that uh, pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire at night. And whenever that pillar moved to a different location, that's when the whole camp would, would pack up and travel. And this this tabernacle, this tent was also built in such a way to where they could they could tear it all down uh not in a negative way, just in a way that, you know, you tear down a tent in order to rebuild it. And they would just, they'd pack it up and they would carry it to wherever they're going, wherever the, the presence of God was. And then they'd, they'd set it up there. And it's just kind of an amazing thing to, to think about living during this time. And you had this whole community working like this, building this tabernacle and setting it up so that God could be in their midst. There's more details in this chapter about this setting up of the tabernacle though. So let's continue on. Verses 12 through 16 now. Now we find out it, the tabernacle, it's not just about the things. It's also about the people who are involved here, specifically the priest. Verses 12 through 16, you are to bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the tent of meeting and wash them with water. Then you are to clothe Aaron with the holy garments and anoint him and sanctify him so that he may minister as my priest. You are to bring his sons and clothe them with tunics and anoint them just as you anointed their father so that they may minister as my priest. Their anointing will make them a priesthood that will continue throughout their generations. This is what Moses did according to all the Lord had commanded him, so he did. Now we're gonna see this phrase appear a few times in this chapter, and, and it's already appeared several times uh, throughout this book, that people are doing everything that the Lord has commanded of them. And Moses is doing everything that the Lord has commanded of him, so these priests, they're set aside. These priests are anointed. You know, I spoke of before how everything is anointed, and I spoke of Jesus Christ being anointed of God. Well, right here, we find out that the priests were anointed. See, Jesus is our high priest, and he was anointed by God. Now, Jesus also, of course, is our king, and kings were oftentimes anointed as well. So Jesus is all of those things wrapped up in one, and this, all of these items being anointed, and all of these priests being anointed. I see in this that they all point toward Jesus Christ. Now, he is the anointed one, and he is the one who, who kind of all of these other things are pointing toward. The priests were the ones who ministered on behalf of the people, 
They, they ministered in the presence of God on behalf of the people. Isn't that exactly what our Lord Jesus Christ has done and continues to do for all of us? And he did everything according to the way that it was supposed to be done from our Heavenly Father. There's still more in this chapter, though. Let's go back to the things and look at those again. This is whenever the tabernacle itself is being set up. Verses 17 through 21, this is what we read. So the tabernacle was set up on the first day of the first month in the second year. When Moses set up the tabernacle and put its bases in place, he set up its frames, attached its bars, and set up its posts. Then he spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent over it, as the Lord had commanded Moses. He took the testimony and put it in the ark, attached the poles to the ark, and then put the atonement lid on the ark. And he brought the ark into the tabernacle, hung the protecting curtain, and shielded the ark of the testimony from view, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Now see, to all of this, we see these details. And it is a lot of details, but all of them served a purpose. All of them served a, a point to show that, that God is holy. And, and this is the, the type of measures that these humans had to go in in order to, to be able to at least somewhat be in the presence of God. All of these point toward how great, how powerful, how awesome our God is. Now, there's still more about the tabernacle, though, because this is, you know, in the, the most holy place. And this is that part being set up. But there's still more. Verses 22 through 27, these are the different items in the tabernacle. And he put the table in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle outside the curtain. And he set the bread in order, uh, in order on it before the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. And he put the lampstand in the tent of meeting opposite the table on the south side of the tabernacle. Then he set up the lamps before the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. And he put the gold altar in the tent of the meeting in front of the curtain. And he burned fragrant incense on it, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. So, you know, right here, we're starting to see these different elements that were brought into the, the holy place. And were brought into this, this tabernacle itself. And these are the different items. All of them, I see a parallel with Jesus Christ. And all of them, we see some connection between us and God. And, and that wonderful connection that, that us as humans, that we are humans. We are different than God. But, you know, we have also been made in the image of God and we have been made to be with God. And it's only because of our own sins and our own our own trying to work things out on our own that it has separated us from God and that we've had to go through these different layers and, and all of these different things that we read about here. But God desires us to be uh, in his midst. He bends over backwards and he gives up all these different orders so that they can be able to be in his presence. And we know that one day we are going to be able to be in the presence of God without this curtain between us, without any type of, of barrier between us and God. And that will be so wonderful and something we can all look forward to. There's still more about the tabernacle itself, though. Verses 28 through 33 now. Then he put the curtain at the entrance to the tabernacle. He also put the altar for the burnt offering by the entrance to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. And offered on it the burnt offering and the meal offering, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he put the large basin between the tent of meeting and the altar, and put water in it for washing. Moses and Aaron and his sons would wash their hands and their feet from it. Whenever they entered the tent of meeting, and whenever they approached the altar, they would wash, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. And he set up the courtyard around the tabernacle and the altar, and put the curtain of the gate of the courtyard. So Moses finished the work. Okay, so now we've worked our way out. We, we started in the most holy place and kind of worked our way out to 
the holy place. And then now we're in the courtyard and we're seeing how the courtyard is all being set up. And then everything is completed and the work is finished. But now what's going to happen? Well, I've already told you that the glory of the Lord is going to come into the tabernacle. And the next few verses in the, the last remaining verses of Exodus 40 and the book of Exodus as a whole, we find out that the glory of the Lord comes and dwells in the tabernacle. And this is what it looked like. Exodus 40, verses 34 through 38. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. But when the cloud was lifted up from the tabernacle, the Israelites would set out on all their journeys. But if the cloud was not lifted up, then they would not journey farther until the day it was lifted up. For the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, but fire would be on it at night, in plain view of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. This showed them that the glory of the Lord was with them, was with them during the day. This glory of the Lord was with them at night. The glory of the Lord was always with them in all of their journeys during this time. They had this visual representation that they could just look at the tabernacle and could see God is in our midst. But, you know, we also today have a similar thing. And this is another one of those areas that I believe we see connections with Jesus Christ. Because when everything was, was set up here, we see that, that the glory filled the tabernacle. Filled it so much that actually what's stated here in verse 35, Moses wasn't able to enter into the tent of meeting. And see, that seems so strange because it's like, okay, they did all these things to be able to, to be with God, but then they can't enter. They can't enter because of the, the glory of God, because of this holiness of God. But if you keep reading in the next book of the Bible, we're not going to get into that, but in the next book of the Bible, in, in the book of Leviticus, it points out what human beings needed to do in order to be in the presence of God. So this book sets up everything and, and lays the foundation for it. The next book tells us what needs to happen between us and God. But you know us living in the time that we do, in the New Testament times, we know that there was even more than just what happened in the book of Leviticus. We know that Jesus Christ made a way for us to be able to be in the presence of God. Yes, we're not going to necessarily need to be expecting to, to see some visual glory of the Lord like this, some pillar of cloud and pillar of fire. We don't need to be expecting that. But we have received something. We, we have received the ability to be able to see this glory of God. Nevertheless, in the New Testament, this is picked up and shared with all of us. In John's Gospel, one of my, my favorite ways to think about uh, Jesus, you know, whenever he um, came here to this earth, John 1.1, 1, 1, this New Testament connection we see here is, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was fully God. So this passage, it starts off just like Genesis did. That's because in the New Testament, we find a new beginning. And in this beginning, we find out about this word, that the word was with God, the word was God. And then in verse 14, now the word became flesh and took up residence among us. We saw his glory, the glory of the one and only, full of grace and truth, who came from the Father. Now for us, in some of our translations, you know, we, we might have, we might be familiar with, you know, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, this right here. In the, uh, the Net Bible, they translate it, took up residence among us. The actual Greek word that's used there is the same Greek word that you would use for tabernacle. 
So you might as well just translate this as now the word became flesh. So Jesus Christ, he became a human being. He was God, fully God, always fully God. But he became a human being and he tabernacled among us. He set up a tent among us. We saw his glory, the glory of the one and only full of grace and truth who came from the Father. So in this chapter, as we end the book of Exodus, we see so many things that point toward Jesus Christ and so many things that we can be thankful of. So many things that you know we don't have to, to set up some tabernacle and, and go through all these different curtains in order to be into the presence of God. Jesus Christ has already done that. He broke down all of those barriers and he came into our midst. We see even more connections to that because don't you remember whenever Jesus died on the cross, that curtain, that veil between us and God was ripped from top to bottom. That veil is no longer there. Now we can be in the presence of God. The glory of our God was seen in Jesus Christ and the glory of our God can still be seen in the person of Jesus Christ today. He is the one and only full of grace and truth. He came from the Father. And to help us see this glory that has come to us in the person of Jesus Christ, next week we're going to be starting a new study. You know, we've, we've ended the, the book of Exodus now. And next week, we will be looking at the Gospel of Mark. We're going to be looking at this. It's the shortest of the Gospels. And, and we're going to be, be going through this. And it's, it's full of action. And it's full of these great and wonderful things that Jesus Christ has done for us so that we can have this wonderful relationship with God that we can experience every single day. It is good news and it's the news that we're going to turn to uh, in the, the upcoming weeks in our uh, Wednesday Bible studies uh, into uh, next year. So thank you very much for joining me in this study of the book of Exodus and I hope that we can all uh, prepare our minds and our hearts to, to dive into the book of Mark next week and to be able to find out more and more about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.